Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to episode 15, 15. Wow. wow, of the WP Builds podcast. I'm Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency in the north of England, and I'm joined by David Wormsley. Hi, David. Hello, how are you? And we're also joined by someone else as well, aren't we? We are. We're joined today um, also by Adam Lacey down in Somerset. So, hi, Adam, how are you? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good. We're, we're going to be talking extensively uh, with Adam a little bit later. But as always, um, we'll start with a little bit of news. This is going to be quite an extended little bit of news for us mm -hmm. because we didn't normally have two or three items. There's quite a bit in here, so I'm going to race through it. And, and Adam and David, uh, please just interrupt if you have something to contribute about any of these pieces. We'll put uh, links in the show notes um, so that if you know you want to follow any of this stuff up, you can uh, yourself. But very briefly, there's a plugin called Next Gen Gallery. I confess I've never used it, never even come across it. But the Security blog uh, this week has found that it's uh, got some kind of vulnerability. Um, I did read through the the post, but to be perfectly honest, I've lost now. Um, the, the, I can't remember exactly what the nature of the um, the vulnerability is, but needless to say, uh, really, you should go and update that plugin if, in fact, you've got it. The next one... To soliloquy. Uh, is it? Sorry, say again. <laughs> I was saying to soliloquy. Actually, it's uh, Invera Gallery, isn't it? So yeah. It's just yeah. pl plugging my favourite one there. That's a, yeah, I mean, you were saying earlier that you you didn't... Maybe you potentially don't rate that plugin. Is that not a plugin you've you've got much time for? Yeah, I did use it in the early days, but I, I found it quite a heavy plugin, so uh, it's not one that I I recommend. No. Myself. Okay. All right. Uh, a bit like a bit like David as well. I'm I'm actually I think I've still got a few uh, old clients on next gen as well, so I'm certainly going to have to go and look at that today. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, in where I sort of that, I like I'm sort of just leaning towards getting the premium version actually. Mm. Well, there you go. Well, at least one person has found some use in our first news item. This is good. This is 100% better than normal. <laughs> the, the next item, I, I don't really have any contact with uh, WooCommerce, so I'll say this, and then I'll leave maybe David or you guys to thrash this out. But um, WooCommerce 2.7 have merged a new product gallery um, in. Um, I'll read you from the, the, the blog post. It says... Uh, the point, in a nutshell, are visitors now have access to both magnification and zooming, a light box. The gallery behavior is more intuitive. Clicking a thumbnail updates their main image rather than opening a light box. Dramatic improvement on handheld, in particular touch gestures. And opening the light box, light box on mobile now displays the image in its true size rather than its in-page display. As I say, none of that really means a great deal to me, but perhaps if you use WooCommerce, this is something that's uh, important. So that's in... 2.7 apparently anything to say on that guys um yeah i mean just a quick one really i mean i had a quick look at the uh, demo just before we come on and um i must admit it does seem it's always one area i felt was lacking in woocommerce is the uh just the whole way the image and gallery works sort of it on the product page and um you know I, I, to be honest it's a uh, about time they've done something about it. it it does seem like it's going to be well worthwhile upgrade 
Okay, okay, that's good. I get wow, two hits, nice. Um, so far, so good. We like having Adam on. <laughs> He's, he pats me on the back. Um, okay, so the next one. This is really just a nod. I think this has been around for a while, and but it's just because Doug um, last week, Doug Bellchamber last week was talking to us, and he mentioned Project Gutenberg. And I found a link all about it. So it's not really news, but two links. One is the make.wordpress.org website where it just introduces this Gutenberg project. And then there's another link which actually takes you to an, an example of it in in in, um, in situ. Essentially, I, I really like it. It's um it's a plugin. I, I don't know if it's a plugin or if it's going to be rolled into WordPress core or what, but it enables you to do front-end editing. So imagine you're in a paragraph and you're looking at a page. Um, you don't need to go to the WP admin you just click on the paragraph and above that paragraph um, things like bold italic icons appear and you can just edit in line and, and you're editing exactly where it is on the page so if anybody's used it you'll know exactly what I'm talking about it's not really news it's just me linking to something that we did last week but I, I really really like it I saw something like this in Drupal several years ago um, it reminds me a bit of something like medium um, where you can go and do blogs. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's something either of you have used, but uh, I like it. Mm. I used a plugin that was – I don't know if that's where it comes from because it was one of the main contributors to the WordPress core who'd made this plugin that does exactly what I was looking at because right. I hadn't seen it right. until you pointed me to it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, the first thing I'm thinking about is, gosh, how is this going to play with, you know – page builders like Beaver Builder, you know. Yeah, if, if it became a core component of WordPress, it would sort of throw a spanner in the works, wouldn't it, it potentially? Um, oh, I, I'm still a fan of, um, you know, Beaver Builder because of all the multitude of things that it does. But it, but it's interesting. It's just a nice it's just a nice little way of, of editing on the fly. Actually, related to it, um, is a, there's another product called WP Blockade. I'll just link to that. It does the same sort of stuff, but in a slightly different way. So that's not really news. I'll just, just mention it. This, however, is news. GoDaddy have linked with WP Elevation and OS Training. Um, WP Elevation is kind of like a business course that you can go on. It's much more broad than that, but it's a, it's a kind of membership system where you can go and, and be in a community and learn about how to run a website consulting business. OS Training is a, it stands for Open Source Training, and they offer Joomla, WordPress, um, Drupal Training. And they've, they've sort of got together and they're offering free training courses. My guess is it's kind of like a bit of a lead magnet for all three of them to... Uh, to to lead you towards their paid offering but again find the find the link in the show notes there was a memory leak in cloudflare this week uh, again i read all about it and i'll link to it but um essentially it, it is a it potentially could be quite a catastrophic problem allowing parts of your website data to leak out the advice i think is that if you've got cloudflare if you're using cloudflare as a cdn you should probably go in and change your wordpress salts um, I don't know the status of it at the moment, whether it's been um, fixed entirely, but get, go and check it out. I'm, I'm reading a, an article on WP Tavern, but needless to say, there's something uh, something afoot with Cloudflare this week. Um, right, the, the, the last one, I think, properly from me is that there is a WordCamp London in a few weeks' time. It begins on the 17th and runs to the 19th, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday of March. 
The 17th day is the contributor day. I'm actually going to go down and my plan is to contribute. I'm not going to be contributing to code or anything like that, but I'm going to try and, I don't know, maybe some documentation or something. But uh, really, if you're if you're going and, um, and you'd like to hook up with anybody from the Beaver Builder community, I actually put a poll in there this morning in the Beaver Builder Facebook group saying if you're coming, click in here and we can endeavor to, to meet up. Um, that would be quite nice, and I think uh, we might even get Robbie um, on the line from Beaver Builder if we manage to get into the pub or something, and he might be able to sort of say hello to us. And I've got some free uh, Beaver Builder stickers to give away uh, if you want if you want a free Beaver Builder sticker to stick on the back of your laptop. But just to say, it's happening. I'm going, um, and it'd be great if you guys were going as well. If we could meet up, Adam, are you going? I'm not. No, it's. Um... It's something I wanted to do, but um, just the, the date it sort of falls on is quite difficult for mm. me with the upcoming wedding and stuff. It's, oh, uh, yeah, tough. yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we know which one of those comes first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, work camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, David, you linked to something. Maybe this is our final two bits of news. Uh, obviously, Amazon killed the internet this this week. Can't remember what day it was, but perhaps it was Tuesday or Monday. And it was a real illustration to me um, of how much of the internet relies on Amazon. It felt almost like Amazon owns the internet because their S3 service um, went down in, well, a cluster of computers. I don't know if they went down or just they became latent. You know, there was lots of latency and they couldn't supply data as fast as they wished uh, in North Virginia. But it, it crippled a lot of very big services. Did it affect anything you guys were doing? I didn't notice it. It mm. was just the news I got. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, apart from seeing all uh, my sort of dev friends on Facebook for a change. Um, yeah, no, I, I wasn't actually doing anything at the time, so it didn't yeah. affect me. No, I'm heavily involved in like Google, to be honest. I use a lot of Google's products, and obviously Google and Facebook, are they're, they've probably got their own massive data centers. So there no no real effect on me, and I didn't have to be working on WordPress at the time. Um, so yeah, I didn't really notice much effect. But typically, um, I think it did affect lots of people. So yeah, certainly an illustration for maybe sort of spreading out this sort of stuff. Um, but Amazon usually are a very 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 safe pair of hands. So I'm sure that it was fixed and mitigated against in the future. And then finally, David, I'll, I'll probably leave this one to you because you wrote it in. Um, you want to mention the Alpha Beaver Builder um, Thema plugin, do you? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned it uh, in our notes, but I hadn't thought it through. But yeah, it leads on to really our chat today, which was about restricting client access or stopping them ruining our work. And yeah, I think some debates come in the Beaver Builder Facebook group because there's some new stuff in the Alpha release of Beaver Thema that goes with the beaver builder plugin part so we can restrict the thema access uh, this is going to make no sense does it to anybody who's not a beaver builder user but we've got some more <laughs> restrictions uh, that are available to us so we can stop our clients from getting to the builder side of things and uh, and other parts of it so i haven't thought this one through but this was just meant to be a lead on so we can talk about today's topic which is how to stop clients ruining your work yeah yeah, really, how to stop clients ruining your work. So firstly, maybe maybe a nice way to introduce this would be to discuss a time when clients have actually screwed everything up for you. Um, in my case, um, it was a, 
one that springs to mind is um, this sort of goes back to the time when I was using Drupal, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it could be any CMS. Essentially, it's a learning curve about giving them access and not giving them access. Um, it's one of those things where you hand the website over and then you come back about three months later. This was the time before I used um, website care plans and things like that, only to discover that that they've um, used tiny MCE's editing capabilities to great effect. And your beautifully um, thought out font scheme and your beautifully thought out H1, 2 and 3 tags have been hijacked and you've got H1 tags dotted all over the page and the colours are funky to say the least um, <laughs> and really it, it kind of makes you think to yourself okay at the bottom of this page is a link back to my website um, illustrating the work that I do and it's a question of okay do I go to the client and say look here this is just awful you are really shooting yourself in the foot I know you like it but the rest of the world thinks it's pretty abysmal you've made it look dreadful do you do that or do you just remove your reference to it and then sort of quietly walk away? Actually, as it turns out, I kind of went back because there were people that I knew I could talk to. They weren't unreasonable and kind of described why um, perhaps there were better ways to manage this stuff. And it, it turned out really they just couldn't work it out. And they, they hadn't, they couldn't, there was a disconnect between what they saw in the WYSIWYG editor and what finally ended up on the front page. Time was an issue, so they tried their best, clicked save, and then in the end it was, oh, it'll do, it's fine, I don't really care. Um, and it led to more work, actually, which was a sort of slightly unexpected consequence. So, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's the sort of thing I find myself wrestling with with clients. What about you, David? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, these are people that you manage, is that is that right? This one I do, and okay. I and I, but I didn't at the time, and it was a it, it became a conversation ah. of shall I manage you um, more? Ah. Um, and really, I have a, a system in my care plan where I'll go in and do thirty minutes content updating. Um, and in this case, yeah. what they do is they they now just supply me with the content in a notepad file with zero styling, and they leave that all up to me. Ah. So they'll bulk upload. Um, 10 or 15 things that they want to put and they'll illustrate where they want to go and then it's my job in that 30 minutes to get it all up there and put the H1 tags in the right place and you know put the paragraphs and the block quotes and all of that sort of stuff so at the time it wasn't and it led to more work which was interesting yeah yeah, yeah. no I mean should we ask Adam next yeah, actually because sure. uh, I mean, we haven't introduced Adam and <laughs> we haven't told him where he comes from so oh yeah sorry Adam. do you want to do you want to tell us, us a little bit about yourself Adam yeah, you um, we know you run. <laughs> yeah, um, my name's Adam. I run a web agency in the southwest of the UK. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm not actually from Somerset originally. Um, I'm from Essex, just outside London. Uh, hence why I might sound a bit like a Cockney. Um, so yeah, basically, I build websites that look good and hopefully perform better. How yeah. do we? How do we know, Adam? Where has Adam <laughs> appeared on the radar? I mean, my. My knowledge of you, Adam, is in the Beaver Builder Facebook group. Um, is that generally where you hang out online when you're not building your own stuff? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I spend a lot of time on Slack as well. Um, so I do get quite a few people speak to me on the uh, Beaver Builder Slack. But yeah, they tend to be the most two biggest groups. I mean, I don't tend to be in too many more. I mean, a couple of SEO groups. But, mm. you know, that, nothing as uh, active as the Beaver Builder group particularly. 
I, I have access to the Slack group in uh, for Beaver Builder, but I confess I, I never find myself opening up Slack. Is it is it every bit as busy as the Facebook group is? I find it's um, it's very much depends on the day. Oh. On a Friday, it tends to be quite busy because I think we're all procrastinating about the weekend. Um, <laughs> so we tend it tends to be quite busy on a Friday. But yeah, it just really depends on time zones, obviously for everyone. And mm. but yeah, it's um it's definitely you know active. So I do recommend people you know join it. Mm. I go to your site, Adam, to cool down because I'm in Goa and it's getting really, really hot here. So I go to your penguinmedia.co.uk where there's got this beautiful view yeah. of uh, of mountains with snow on it. So <laughs> just go there to cool down. <laughs> anyway, Adam, can we ask you about what you do with your uh, clients or, or issues that you've had with them ruining your designs? Yeah, a bit, like, a bit like Nathan in the early days, I think um, it's probably the same for everyone. You're sort of learning as you go a little bit. Um, and I've certainly had a few run-ins with clients where um, they're sort of adamant of having full admin access because they think they know a little bit better than me what needs to be done. Um, and yeah, all of a sudden, it's an absolute mess or three months down the line. And uh, like I say, it's the question whether do you approach a subject and you know, try and correct it, or do you just uh, subtly remove your name and sort of part <laughs> part ways? Um, you know, there's been a couple of occasions I've done both really in the early days. There's a couple of occasions when, you know, depending on the exact client, you know, I knew the conversation wasn't going to go well, and you know, it, it was just easier to let them get on with it. Um, and then likewise, there's a few clients I've sort of continued to work with even up until now, and um, go through rebuilds and you know limited their access so they can't really break anything major mm. Mm. yeah nathan you said about um that there's a post actually that adam did on his on his uh, site yeah there really is not to work with me yeah it's yeah really, adam, it's really, that's... <laughs> really interesting post well it's not some it's a page it's like a front and center page um and it's called 10 reasons you shouldn't work with me which i just i thought that was really funny and really interesting what what was that all about? Why? So maybe we should first of all. I don't know if you've got that page up, Adam. But if I just quickly yes. quickly say your ten reasons you shouldn't work with me, and you can explain your thinking. Um, you want you just want somebody to be sorry. You just want someone to be your pair of hands. You're shopping around for the cheapest price. Yeah, I like this one. Your cat, your relative, or your friend is is a designer. Um, designers keep firing you. You're too busy to be involved. That's a good one. Um, you can't stick to deadlines. Uh, you think web design is easy. You don't trust the professional. You don't want. You don't know if you want to work with me, and you don't want to make any money. <laughs> <laughs> What's this all about? Uh, I'll be honest. I originally got the idea from a friend of mine. You may have also seen on the BBL groups, John Perez. Yes. Um, he's ah, got. A, yes. He's got a very similar thing on his website. I did kind of ask if I could borrow the same sort of style. Um, obviously, with my own content, my own points. Um, I think we do lap over on a couple of points, and he happily said, um, "You know, to let me sort of carry on this concept." So yeah, the idea was. Um, it's intriguing enough title to get people to actually read it, and it, it works as. Um, client filtering method as well as a sort of educating before they even speak to me so you know I, i'm very much open about sort of who i am i'm a real person i'm not just a, a big mm. company it's just me um and that's what i try and get across on my whole website so my the idea is by the time they've gone from the whole website read bits and pieces here and there um 
they'll pretty much close the deal 60-70% before they've even rang me or contacted me. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I, I go for. Do you do you actively push them to this page then in as part of your sort of onboarding or discovery? I haven't as of yet. Um, I've sort of just moved the link to this page actually into the footer so mm. it's more noticeable. Um, but I have noticed a few people go there and when I first published it, I did actually share it on my social media and uh, a few clients did really like it and share it as well. Mm. Um, so it did have a desired effect to agree and just bring in more traffic as a general. Um, and I think I will be going with the idea of running a social media sort of campaign with it and just advertising it out because I do think it would provide a sort of good click-through rate. Mm. It's, um, it, so essentially it's a method of sort of qualifying people. Um, you know, if, if any of these are you, step away from the computer <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> and don't bother phoning me up. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I certainly have a similar technique, but it's not. It's exactly the opposite. Yours is very much um, pointing out all the things that you don't like, and I guess mine is a bit more related to things like price and things like that. So yeah, I might on my forms asking it for information about a website. I I make it pretty clear that. I mean, I don't make it exactly clear, but essentially, if your budget's below X, don't bother. Um, it's not spelled out like that, but it, it feels very much like that. Um, so I, I filter them that way. But also, just I filter them by whether they could be bothered to fill out the five-page form, um, yeah. things like that. So I don't actively say, look, we're not a fit for you. I just make them go through a few hurdles before the before the email actually gets hits my inbox. Um, which is a similar idea, I guess. You know, you're trying to just filter out th- things which, but you know, you've got a few definitely interesting ideas there about the. Yeah, I like I like the cat one. <laughs> Have you actually <laughs> yeah, but... had this sort of stuff then? People phoning up and sort of saying, "Look, my daughter said, or my my uh, brother's sister's cousin's auntie." Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, believe, it, believe it or not, I've had pretty much everyone in these situations. Um, wow. Hence why it's quite quite easy to write on every point. You know, I just sort of sat back and. Uh, thought about it a little bit and was quite easy to come up with 10 points sadly mm. um, but yeah like you say we, I used to use a, an in-depth uh, quote request for myself um, and like you say it does work in you know like you say filling the herd a little bit whether they can be bothered to mm-hmm. answer all your questions you need to know really mm-hmm. um, so I, in recent months I've slimmed that right down to sort of more of a case of for me I'm trying to get people on the phone and speak to them that way and build up a bit more of a rapport. Um, so it's just like, just like different ways of working, isn't it? Um, but yeah, in terms of I've had people, I've had websites that have literally been about to launch and um, yeah, my so-and-so said this and, you know, okay, so what do they do? You know, do they know anything about web design as such? Are they your target market? Oh no, they're not my target market. And uh, yeah, they've done art in uh, secondary school and that was about it. <laughs> so do you um so when this problem comes your way and you have let's take the example of um somebody whose relative has suggested that you know something about the design could be improved what what do you actually do then how do you turn that into a positive when they've come obviously with a with a negative yeah well i mean what i always do is always obviously listen to suggestions i mean you know we're not all so uh, high and mighty to think what we do is perfect 100% of the time. Um, so I certainly listen to whatever anyone's got to say, really. Um, but, you know, if someone says, you know, that should be 
bright blue and that should be bright pink and we need more color here there and everywhere then you know it's not really going to work um so what i normally tell people is say really if you're that concerned about what people think what we should do is you know we need to sort of uh poll your demographic really and see whether you know your t- your key target audience are the ones that's going to actually engage with it you know because they're the ones that matter mm. um you know that's the ones that's going to make your business a success or not mm. um i.e if you target uh, a demographic of 50 plus there's no point of us going to 20 year old what they think of the site because it's just going to be pretty irrelevant right um, yeah so yeah I, I try and basically get them to understand it from uh, maybe a conversion optimization point of view um but yeah, certainly there's been perfect instances where suggestions have been made and I've implemented them. Mm. Um, just really depends what the suggestion is, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Hey, can I ask a question? Uh, have either of you, now we've got page builders here, has it changed your model that you actually encourage clients more than you would have done before to do some of their own changes after you've finished the job? So, you know, previously we couldn't do a lot of the stuff we can do now. So has it changed what what things you allow clients to do? Yeah, I mean, um, I let my clients edit their main content, and it's fantastic with Beaver Builder. Um, I've done it even before the alpha, but um, it makes it even easier with the alpha now. Um, yeah, just lock it down. So basically all they can do is edit the content on the page. They can't add modules, delete modules, or resize columns. Um, so it makes it really, really straightforward. They can log in, they can change a picture and change the text, and I find that's pretty much all they want to do really. Uh, it just makes them, I think it gives them enough control that they feel like they're in control without being in control, if that makes sense. Mm. I, I yeah. often shoot a video illustrating how to do things um, on a sort of, bes- you know, bespoke. So basically the video is their website and it looks like their website and it doesn't take long, does it, to throw that kind of thing together. And at the end of a fairly healthy sized project, it's, you know, it's half an hour and it's fine. Um, but I, I do actually tend to give them, mostly I tend to give them access to, to everything um, with the caveats that, you know, if you if you mess it up and you're not on a, cl- a care plan, I'm afraid you are on your own um, and you'll just have to backpedal. Um, and, but if they're on a care plan, I'm more than happy to fix that in, in the scope, you know, the time, time that I've provided for you each month. And to be honest with you, so far so good in that... It would appear, at least anyway, my clients have not been gone ho about it. They go in and do the minimal amount that they need to do on it, which generally is just text alterations and writing mm. blog posts. And then they click save, and, and it's all fairly ginger and little steps. So I've yet to have, um, uh, oh, I've deleted an entire section of a page. That that just has not happened. Um, and I've got backups anyway, you know, on a sort of daily basis. And so were that to happen, I can quickly restore it to to yesterday so interesting yeah you've got a very a different different take to me um but one day that will come back and bite me but it hasn't so far but if we've got backups and we've sort of spelled it out fairly clearly in the you know the the contract that without a maintenance plan you're on your own with this stuff I, i feel reasonably okay with that yeah i mean um a bit like you, I didn't use the restrict at all. Back in the days, I used to use headway. So obviously, a lot of the design elements were, yeah. you know, sort of in a pretty inaccessible way yeah. anyway, unless yeah. you knew what you were doing. Yeah. Um, so again, that wasn't really necessary to lock anyone down as such. But with Beaver Builder and obviously the powerful capabilities, mm. um, I feel it's just a bit safer yeah. <laughs> to, to be on the safe side, really. Yeah. Um, 
you know, let's say they just, uh, I've had experiences, let's say, don't get me wrong, if a client insists on having admin access, then I provide it um, with the caveat of if they break it, then it's an hourly rate to fix it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is, that's, that's it really. The problem I have is a lot of clients, I mean, you've got the issue if, if you give a client admin access, what happens if they then hand it off to someone else, like people per hour just to do something instead of coming back to you for whatever reason? Mm. Um, mm. Or, I mean, I've got a customer potentially coming up shortly who hired someone on one of these freelancing sites to do some SEO. Okay. Um, she obviously gave some admin access details over. Uh, it was a, just a one-off package or whatever, and he come back afterwards and said, "You know, would you like a, another package?" She said, "No, thank you. What you done's great. You know, just gonna hold off for now." And he said, "That's fine. I'll just hack your website then." And he did. <laughs> oh, whoa, yeah. man alive! That's horrific. Exactly. Um, so we're now in a position where we have to do a full rebuild um, because it's pretty bad. Um, and you know, I, I sort of felt a bit bad for her, so I had to cut her a deal. <laughs> You're serious? Um, That's horrific. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm always concerned of what hands might they end up in, because um, I think sometimes clients don't understand the power you know one person can have with those details. Yeah. What about you, uh, David? Have you have you run yeah. into any of these issues? Well, yeah, in some ways, you know, I still feel like I'm sort of a baby in this because, uh, you know, a site actually last week, it was classic. Somebody came back to me on a site I did about three years ago, and it was a fairly big site for um, an international company. And, uh, yeah, that I wanted to put them on a care plan because I knew how it was going to go because the only reason I was there is because they couldn't get the people who did the site in the first place to fix it, and they used free plugins that were no longer working, right. couldn't update. So I was, you know, warning them about this, you know, I said to do it and they put me off and put me off and put me off. And now they've come back saying they've kind of done <laughs> stuff and they've, and they've, it was built on Genesis and it was sort of widget areas made their homepage. But what they weren't aware of, you see, somebody decided they worked out how they could remove things and put some other things in. What they weren't aware of was the CSS was set up so certain things showed on mobile. So in fact, you know, for God knows how long they've had a completely blank page <laughs> on their homepage <laughs> because they've removed all the elements that were only showing on mobiles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh uh, oh ouch yes yeah, so, yeah it's just somebody in the organizations decided that they could learn a little bit and they've obviously enjoyed doing their job you know they, yeah. they update it and uh that's what they've done but i've not wanted to touch it really because you know it they I, I mean I, I suggest it because when i left them and they said well i built it to various standards so you could easily get somebody from upwork who knows genesis and they will be able to do this on no woocommerce but you can't reset with a job like they had because it was even though it's not being used to take payment it was a woocommerce site and quite a complex one with you know you know many hundreds of items on it so mm. you know they've been updated so it's not like i could reset it to when i first came in mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because clients, I mean, to be honest with you, I've never, I haven't really ever had a client who um, mucked anything up terribly, to be honest. I mean, the, the stories that you just told, Adam, that's, that's I mean, not that it was their fault, but um, yeah, I've, I've had nothing quite on that scale. But I have had clients who are both far too needy and don't respect the process of, okay, this is the order in which we're going to do it. And I've had exactly mm. the opposite as well. I've had clients who have kind of ruined my workflow because they don't do anything. Um, and I'm, I'm actually in the middle of, I think I'm in the middle of that at the moment, in that I think I've got a client who has kind of like gone AWOL 
and they keep sending me emails saying that they're going to send me emails with the things that I require. <laughs> and yet I, I, it's been three weeks now and every week I've had the same email saying we're going to do it next week. And, um, and I, I really yeah. don't know where to go with this one, apart from just say, look, I'm just going to put your project on hold. We'll keep the deposit and we'll just see how it goes. You know, get your stuff together and email me back. But so it's, you know, it's, you can have all sorts of problems, can't you? And uh, as always, I think it comes down to process. Um, and if you've set the right, if you set your stall out at the beginning, well, hopefully they will respect your process and they'll do things on time. Now, I'm preaching like, uh, you know, like I've got a fix for this, but I don't because I've absolutely set my stall out about delivering content on time and it working both ways. But in this case, I just think the client doesn't care that it's going to take a year to finish their website and not two months. Um, yeah. And, you know, I guess I have to just live with that and move on. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you say, so I think it's a case, like you say, of uh, next week never comes for the client. Mm, <laughs> um, mm. It seems to happen as well, funny enough, at the payment stage as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. How do you do that? How do you forestall that problem? Do you keep the site entirely on your machines with no, let's say, admin access on uh, WordPress? Or do you, um, yeah, how, how, do you, how, how do you finally hand it all over? Yeah, I mean, what I do is um, in my contracts, I've got sort of to handle both situations in terms of not getting content and obviously the go live date and that kind of stuff. Mm. I always put on project completion. Um, mm. And for me, I always state project completion is when it's basically complete regardless whether it's live or not. Mm. Um, because I have had a couple of scenarios in the early days, admittedly, where um, they think because they're not ready to take it live, they don't have to pay me until I do. Um, so again, it's just outlining bits and pieces like that. And it's also mm. outlining, you know, if I don't receive content in 30 days, your project basically goes into hold on hold mm. um, and they have to pay a fee to get it out of hold. Right, that's and, interesting. Um, mm. I've never enforced it. Yep. But it's enough to even make them put a fight up their backside, basically. Yeah. Do, do, um, you, do you develop locally then? Is it all on your, your machine in your, or do you develop on your own service, sorry, server network or? Um... Yeah, um, I, I basically just use a subdomain on my server. Right. Um, I actually managed to buy the domain name pagepreview.co.uk. Okay. So um, I just build everything off of, off of that. Um, and it works really well. Then obviously every client's got their own URL they can check up. And um, I actually put a splash page of uh, disabling the front end in between drafts so they don't keep checking up on me. Mm. Um, and yeah, <laughs> basically when it's ready to go live, I'll, I'll take it live onto their domain, but they don't get any data. Uh, most of the time, like I say, I don't do many projects where I'm not hosting in the site anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll pull it live, get it all optimized, and then... Um, they get the final bill, really. Um, and if they don't pay it in a timely manner, then I'll put a splash page up. And then, funny enough, you get a call within 24 hours asking why there's a splash page. Yes. Um, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? I, I have been asked one time if I would develop somebody's website on their infrastructure. And um, I, I, they were, I have no reason to believe that it was going to go south, but that was enough for me. That was enough of a red flag to think, no, I don't think I want to build this website. You have some gut feeling, don't you? Well, I just thought, boy, I've got nothing. You know, if if they pay me the deposit and I'm building on their infrastructure, um, they had all sorts of fairly legitimate reasons. But I did think, oh, do you know what? I could be 99% there, couldn't I? 
and then all of a sudden I'm locked out um, and then they just take it live by themselves. So anyway, it's a problem that I avoided by simply not doing the work. But I do like your idea of, I mean, essentially, I build it on my own. I build any client site on my own server. Uh, sometimes I do it on my local machine on the Mac and then mm. we'll throw it up onto the server. Um but I, I don't really know where I stand with the whole, do I keep an actual live version up all the time so that the client can see things as they're going? Um, or do I, like you say, make a sort of holding page so that the client has windows in periodically? They can yeah. see for, okay, you send them an email and for 24 hours they get to look and what have you, and then you take it down again. I just keep it up live and I've never really, it's never troubled me but but I, I imagine one day that probably will. Somebody will just be nitpicking and sort of saying, "Can you move this to the left? Can you move this?" Actually, we're not there yet. We're not. We're not even vaguely close to moving that to the left yet. Let me do all the other stuff, because obviously it's ugly. It's not pretty to begin with, um, and that all comes right at the very end. Uh, but yeah, it hasn't really bitten me so far. Yeah, like you say, it go on. No, I was going to say it has me. So that's my takeaway. Actually, mm. it's funny. It's come up this. This week, actually, we're building something because the client's going in and looking a lot. They are sending emails about something which is just about to be done, which is a bit pointless. <laughs> yes. Having to reply back to them to say, yes, thank you for spotting something I'm just about to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... maybe that's quite interesting, actually. I might well amend my contract to to illustrate this exact point. I might say, you know, during the build process, there'll be periods where you'll get emailed and after, after receiving that email, you'll have, I don't know, 48 hours or something to comment on what's live and then it will be taken down again, um, you know, to, to build the next stage. Because the technicalities of it don't really matter, do they? As far as the client's concerned, that could be that could be good practice just to take it off so there's no SEO hit or so that nobody can steal their design or whatever. Um, yeah. but I've never done it I've always just kept it live and, and hoped for the best but as I say at the minute I'm building this one and it's live and there's nobody looking at it I can't get them for the for the life of me I mean they're just busy people that's the problem they've got busy lives I really don't think it's because they're um, being deliberately awkward quite the opposite I just think their business has overtaken them and they've got no time to look at the websites of secondary importance so yeah we'll see how that yeah. goes I mean, um, like you say, to be honest, with the disabled, you know, putting a splash page in front of the uh, development site, um, I do actually partly use it for the SEO reason, like you stated as well, because obviously we always set up the discourage search engines and stuff. Mm. I have come across it being ignored several times by Google. Yep. Um, so, you know, putting that in place with uh, just a, temp a temporary response code, mm. um, it's just ideal, really. Like you say, it just stops any because indexing, and then when the client searches their site, they've got the dev site being listed as well as the new one, and it's just a whole headache. I guess avoided that way. A, a little while ago, maybe about two years ago, I was toying with the idea of of using a piece of software that enabled clients on a on a div by div basis to be able to add comments. So they would essentially, this is a standalone piece of PHP. Um, you put it on your server and then you install a bit of JavaScript on the website that's in development and it allows a logged in client to sort of click around the page and rather like the page, the Beaver Builder page builder, certain sections get highlighted and it allows you to comment. And, and I was really, I was really taken by the idea of it. Oh, this is brilliant. You know, I'll get real granular feedback. And then, then common sense hit me 
And I thought, I don't want granular feedback. <laughs> I don't really, really don't want the class. Because most of them just won't even log in. But you're, you're bound to get the one who criticises everything. You know, can we move this left a little bit? Can we move this right? And so on. So I'm, I think I, I probably dodged a bullet there. Yeah, I mean, I, I know um, I used to, well, I haven't used I actually purchased that a few months ago and I haven't really had a chance to set it up. It's, uh, it's called Project Huddle. Okay. And that pretty much does the same thing. It works on WordPress as a plugin. Um, you set it up in your, your back end and then you just copy and paste. You basically put it in, for example, your master account, um, so your own website, or you know, if you've got a dashboard installed, WordPress, something like that. Um, you put it the plugin there, then you just copy and paste the JavaScript code on your dev sites, and it creates a little uh, front end pop up in the bottom right hand corner. And they mm-hmm. click that, and they can literally just add a comment anywhere on the site, and it feeds all those comments into to-dos in the back end of your master install. So, you know, you can make all the amendments they suggest, but yeah, it's always a tricky one. You know, like you say, a bit to the left, change this color, tad shade darker, and mm. you know, whether you're gonna be forever just doing very minute changes. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I think I obsess about the clients that have upset me or done something wrong, but thinking about it now, now that we're having this conversation, it appears to me that most clients, the vast majority of my clients, don't disrupt my system at all. Um, no. They kind of obey um, and do what I would like them to do in a sort of timely manner. But it's interesting. I'm, I'm sort of left feeling sometimes that the majority are not like that. And, and actually, I think I'm wrong. I think the majority are very compliant and do exactly what I require of them. But somehow you're left with a bitter taste in the mouth for the one or the two that screw with the process. Yeah, it's unusual. They always say it's the uh, what is it the ten percent of the worst clients take up ninety percent of the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's true. Okay. Anything else to add? Um, nothing springs to mind personally. Yeah. Unless you you guys got anything to say or any questions or whether we should delve a bit more into the topic. I don't know if we've glanced over it too much. Well, but, um, we're we're on 40, 40 odd minutes. What do you and David? Is there anything you had pressingly on your mind? No, well, I'll save it for another one because we've gone on for quite some time, haven't we? There's, yeah. a, there's always, every time we have someone on, there's so much to talk about. Um, yeah. We never feel like we get deep enough, do we? But anyway, it's just how it'll have to be. Yeah. It's great great having you on, Adam. It's great to chat to you for the first time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Is there anything... Um... Is there anything you would like to sort of like plug or mention or is there anything you're up to, anything you want to say just before we sign off? Nothing major. The only thing I'd say is, um, like I say, I would suggest anyone looking to lock down their Beaver site. So check out the alpha with the new options because they're very good. Mm. Um, Anyone non-Beaver related, you know, you can have workarounds like um, adminum and noise or however you say it. I'm going to pretend I know. (laughs) Um, And obviously use a role editor. Um, it's another good one to, you know, lock down exactly what they can do. Mm. Um, yeah. So both of them are probably worthwhile. Um, in terms of what I'm up to, not much really, just client work, sadly. Mm. Um, but yeah, if anyone needs any help with Beaver Builder, obviously most of you guys know what you're doing anyway, but feel free to give me a shout in the Beaver Builder group and most of the time I'm around. Um, but yeah. Your website is penguinmedia.co.uk. Have we got that right? That's the one, yeah. Penguinmedia.co.uk. And you'll see my nice little penguin logo, which everyone seems to remember, which is great. Okay. 
Thanks. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I genuinely think I could talk about this for another hour at the very least. But yeah, uh, we've got to stop at some point, so we will. We will. Um, Adam, we tasked you earlier with coming up with a sort of stupid English phrase, um, which (laughs) we always fade out on. And every week we get one or two people dropping in. It's just a little habit of ours. So yeah, go on. What have we got? Yeah, this one's from the West Country. It probably doesn't sound right in my accent, but um, a lot of the pubs around here, if you go and order your drink, you'll get right your arm, my love. Right your arm, my love. (laughs) Right your arm, my love. Basically meaning it's done, it's fine, it's all done. Yeah. Yeah. Where I come from, everybody, instead of my love, people call you Doc. Doc. Ah, yeah. Just, I don't know why, Doc. Why not Heron or something? But anyway, yeah. All right, Doc. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, it's very peculiar. Um, And I've chosen what I consider to be one of the best pieces of cheesy music so far to end this episode. It's tremendously bad. Um, It's about, well, it's a couple of minutes long. I'm going to enjoy, you're going to make you enjoy all of it. (laughs) So uh, anyway, episode, crikey, look at the show notes. Episode 15 of the WP Builds podcast. Thanks very much for listening. And um, it's bye from bye from me, Nathan. And bye from me, David. And bye from me. Thanks, yeah, guys. Adam. I'll see you next week. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you.